We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit winbet.com to start winning. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Faye. With me as always, Jack Manuel. And Jack, I am back. So are the Nets. Back-to-back wins over the Pistons tonight, 117-91. How are we doing? Scary hours at the Clays on Halloween, my friend. Spooky stuff out there. Happy Halloween to everybody. But Jack, before we jump to it, as always, you can find the Buzz on all streaming platforms. But with this one, a very relaxing win for the Nets. They came out with a good attitude in the first quarter, turned it up in the second, and next thing you know, this game was pretty much over. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't a, a massive blow in that first quarter, Nick. You know, it was 28 to 25, but it was that second quarter where the Nets, you know, yep. gained a 36 to 24 uh, advantage uh, in that second period. And funnily enough, it, it wasn't with some of like those big fights where you had the superstars out there. It was lineups that I've questioned before and Justin and I questioned where it was, you know, it was P- P- Paddy Mills, LaMarcus Aldridge, Bruce Brown, you know, Dondre Bembridge, Yvonne Carter, those sort of guys. But the the flow was just there. And obviously the Detroit Pistons aren't an amazing team. And they are coming off a back-to-back, which I think yep. needs to be taken into consideration. But the Nets took full advantage of that. You know, they really just set the tone offensively, hitting everything, just provided the requisite energy. Um, and they looked like, you know, a, a team that should be dominating. And it's good to get these wins because you build the confidence for it. For individual players, as a team, you get the cohesion going. You get a little bit of rook time here and there. But uh, it was a... Not a flawless performance, but certainly close to it in terms of you know the the offense especially. That's what one thing that I'd had some some gripes with uh, especially, um, just the lack of ball movement, a little bit stagnant, but you know not hitting shots, uh, the wrong shots being taken. But tonight it was just everyone chipped in, um, and it was a really really great performance. Another a dominant win, and hopefully you build to that heading into a, a tough matchup against the Atlanta Hawks on Wednesday. 
Yeah, like you said, Jack, a really, really good offensive performance. Pistons aren't an amazing team, but still 30 assists tonight. Set the franchise record for field goal percentage with 65.3. Shot 52% from three and 10 of 16 from the free throw line. Not great there, but still the ball movement, the just offense being generated. It's just just great to see. And like you kind of mentioned, I think this is the type of thing where it kind of sets guys up to have confidence. You know what I mean? You're seeing the ball go through the hoop. Yeah, it's a bad team, but those are the things that you need to happen because too many times this year we've seen guys just miss shots that they typically make, you know, from Joe Harris to James Harden, whoever it is. And now you're starting to see some rhythm. I think you're starting to see some communication and also the energy is turning up a little bit, you know, and I think that's really important for what this team wants to do. And you need to get these wins. And it was one of those wins that we talked about a lot in the offseason. We're like, yeah, they're going to be able to turn this into a blowout. And then guys are going to get that extra six minutes of rest because we saw a good chunk of garbage time in this one. Which was positive because, you know, we'll touch on Cam Thomas down on Sharp, some of those guys. That yep. was really fun to watch. But, Nick, they still took seven less shots tonight. They took 72 yeah. and the Pistons took 79. You know, some of that is turnovers. But I think, you know, 20 turnovers to 15. But I think the nature of those turnovers, some of them came in junk time as well. There wasn't a lot of live ball turnovers and they weren't really heard of them because it was 17 to 17 in points off turnovers. So you could tell that the Nets were... Being a bit more careful with how they were, you know, distributing the ball, um, and it just seemed to me that there was, you know, chemistry building. You know, Pistons, I, I think, are an okay defensive team. They've got a, a decent amount of athletes out there, but I think the fact that they don't have a, a really great rim protector allowed the Nets to, to penetrate a little bit more, which I think is something that really opens up the floor because the, the floor isn't as open as it has been. And I think Blake was able to, you sort of put it out on your Twitter page at Nick underscore Faye uh, about you know him showing a little bit of juice against his former team, Bruce Brown against his former team as well. So I, I think that this one was just a, a really good, solid performance. You know, get the reps, uh, get, develop the chemistry um, and, a, and a few highlight plays along the way, even if KD uh, got a little bit too angry. Yeah, Katie ejecting this one, and it didn't really matter. I think the Nets even turned it up maybe a little bit more, and they're like, you know what, we're going to end this game. And just kind of talking about the rebounding department, 51 rebounds for the Nets, only 34 for the Pistons. Pistons did have seven offensive rebounds, but off the top of my head, I would assume that at least three to four of those were just in straight junk time. So really good job on that end of the floor. Um, also... You know, like you said, Jack, turnovers weren't amazing, but still not, you know, an Achilles heel in this one. And only losing, like you mentioned, the field goal battle by seven is not terrible, especially when you're just that much more talented than a team like the Pistons. Like, they're going to scrape for some possessions here and there, so you got to give them credit sometimes. But overall, I think defensively, they did a nice job of kind of forcing the Pistons to some shots that they probably didn't want to take, and the Nets were kind of happy with some of those guys. You know, there's a couple shots where even, I don't want to say bad players, but guys that don't hit those shots knocked them down too. So overall, just a lot of pluses and just a, a win that really trends them in the right direction. And that's what you need to do against some of these bad teams early in the season. Yeah, definitely. And, and I think that the Nets have a decent enough schedule um, to start the year. You know, we analyzed the first 10 games on, a, on, on some spaces, on some different episodes here and there. And this is now where you start to go, OK, here's the cohesion. Here's where the guys like their spots. James Harden starting to realize, you know, who who he can pass to, where he can pass to, what angles they like. So um, we'll get into those guys. But yeah, they, they forced the, the Pistons to take a lot of tougher shots that were contested. Obviously, you know, Jeremy Grant's their best player, but he was 5 of 15 from the field. KD guarded him a lot, and I thought he defended him really well. Um, and just they, they don't really have a, a heap of offensive flow when they have the ball in Killian Hayes' hands a lot. Obviously, Kate Cunningham uh, not playing on a back-to-back. -back. So 
overall, Nick, this isn't you know something that we're probably going to remember for, for years and years to come, but a lot of highlights, a lot of fun, um, and for once, a comfortable Nets watch. Uh, and it's a good way to start the, the year, you know, four and three, you're above 500, or always a positive thing. Yeah, and back-to-back wins, I think, is important, too, kind of building that momentum. And now you're seeing also, I think, let's talk about James Harden, who is just starting to find his rhythm and look like himself. Not in a crazy performance tonight, but 18 points, 6-9 from the field, 4-7 of seven from 3, 2-3 of three from the free-throw line, 10 rebounds, 12 assists, 5 turnovers, gets that triple-double. And like you kind of mentioned earlier, we weren't necessarily seeing the the defense being collapsed but when James Harden is able to get downhill, collapses the defense, either gets him a good opportunity or somebody else. Yeah, I think all of those high screens really benefit yep. him because he doesn't really have the the pace that he does when he's at his normal condition. And he's obviously, he's not, you know, DeAndre Bembry in the open court, but he's still, he can get, once he gets ahead a of steam, you he's know, James game. Harden, yeah, exactly. James Harden in the lane is is a terror. Um, and he just had his, his full array of passing on tonight. Really good to see some transition passes, you know, in fast break. I think KD got at least four of the, the 12 of the Nets got in the fast break points department. That's where James Harden is just able to do his thing. He knows where Bruce Brown likes it. And he seems to be developing a bit of a chemistry with the Marcus Aldridge yeah. as well. You know, obviously, you know, DeAndre Bembry, that lob pass was uh, awesome. Finally, we've got an athlete that can actually hit some of those, obviously, with Nicholas Klax now. We might touch on that a little bit too. But uh, I think that he's starting to realize how LaMarcus Aldridge likes the ball, where he likes the ball, the angles. And they're developing a little bit of a synergy that probably Harden hasn't had with a, a lot of big guys over his time because he hasn't had the traditional sort of center post-up sort of dude. So uh, that was really positive. Just see him get chemistry with, with all the different guys out there, uh, the ball movement, the passing, the rebounding. Um, he looked like he wanted to dominate this game uh, and really lead the team. He was raising the roof. Uh, it would have been really nice to be there uh, to, for the spooky, scary hours, as we like to call them. Uh, but this was a, another positive step in the right direction for James Harden as he continues to lead and impact this team and impact his teammates. Yeah, and I think you made a great point, Jack, with the outlet passes and just kind of trying to get guys downhill in transition because that's something Steve Nash talked about before the game. More easy offense before the team sets up. Even if you don't get the free bucket, you might be able to create a mismatch right off rip, and now that's just making your offensive life easier. But like you said, LaMarcus Aldridge and James Harden are really starting to develop a nice chemistry. I think Harden's starting to realize how to play with a big like that. I'm just trying to go through my head if he's ever really played with a center that had a mid-range game like LaMarcus Aldridge. The answer is probably no. It's very so rare. Barker, kind of, but yeah. like... And they barely got to play at that time. You know what I mean? That's more so OKC time. And this level of Harden with a player like Aldridge, I think another thing that I'm starting to like too is... Um, James is starting to hit him when he gets the seal down low on like a smaller defender. We saw that once tonight, and LaMarcus used a great patience and laid it in. So it's just like those different things and finding ways to create easy offense. Just take advantage of some of the mistakes or the mismatches the defense is giving you. And we, I think we saw that across the board with some different guys tonight. Definitely. And, and look, to talk on different plays uh, that we haven't touched on with Harden yet, he hit another midi, you know, yeah. in the early looks very smooth. Moves. Really smooth. And that's something that I think I would describe him right now and in, in tonight's performance, if I were to put it into one word, Nick. It would be smooth because there wasn't you know, a, a, an element of burst or pace to him, but he looked smooth on the step back as well. There just seemed to me that there wasn't a, a mechanical nature like he was forcing things. It's just like the game was coming to him. Cool, I'll take this step back here. Cool, we're going to get an out-of-bounds play. You know, I'm going to get an open three. The step back looked nice. Everything looked smooth. The, obviously, he's still going to continue to grow. And the fact that, you know... 
a lot of people were writing him off. I, I did my dumb little spiel with Justin on the last pod, but you know he's ran himself into form and he's only going to get better. There's going to be some you know missteps along the way, uh, but the smooth, smooth performance. I like that word. Yeah, and I think also the confidence is ascending. I think like watching his step back, it's a really rhythm shot from like down low to up top. Just kind of watching his body move in tonight, it just felt very in rhythm. So if he continues to kind of work on that, and he's one guy that I think could benefit the most from kind of playing some of these bad teams, just getting his confidence, get his conditioning right, and then when it gets to the bigger matchups, take advantage. I think there was a quote before the game from Bruce Brown saying like, sometimes Harden looks for the mismatch too much where he can just kind of attack anybody in the league because he's James Harden. But some of that's just like not feeling yourself yet, and he's got to get there, and that's okay. Definitely. And I think that he's the confidence you mentioned to him individually, Nick. I think it's also, you know, for his teammates, you know, understanding yep. them and, you know, the fact that they're getting more open shots, you know, it increases his assists. And um, obviously, he's an incredible pocket passer. You know, the variety in his, his passing department is great. And that Bembry lob, you know, we've got to revisit it. That was something else. You know, DeAndre Bembry cutting from the baseline, uh, the athletic pop that he provided. Um, and look, I, I, and previously, I think it was a couple of games ago, you know, Benbury, you know, screened and rolled in a similar way that you'd probably see from Bruce Brown. I think that there's there's something there in, in another tandem uh, that could develop, you know, pretty nicely. I think one thing I like about Brembre, and I think maybe he does this even better than Bruce Brown, is when he drives, he goes a little bit harder and less, you know, less patient. And sometimes that might lead to a charge. But I just like the mindset where he just gets really downhill. And like you said, that cut on baseline, great timing, you know, defense having to worry about Patty Mills and Lamarcus up top, I believe, setting the screen on that play. And that's just, you know, we don't really have any other wings. Like Kevin Durant's not going to do that a ten, uh, a ton. Occasionally he'll do it, but Bruce Brown, I'm not sure, has the same hops as a DeAndre Brembre, and a lot of the other wings just kind of aren't long enough or they just don't have them on the roster you know james johnson maybe three years ago could do this but not right now so but maybe it's not nice dunk tonight but Bembry gets pretty good hops on this you know what i mean harden was able to really just like toss it up and he went and got it yeah he's uh he's he seems to me uh, like a a more aggressive and chaotic in in a good way version of bruce brown whereas bruce brown has his floater he has his awareness. Obviously, he's got those sort of guard skills, whereas Bembry is closer to being a wing, you know, despite yeah. the fact he that he has more athletic pop, I think, to him a little bit, too. I think Bruce is stronger, but Bembry just seems like a smoother athlete, especially in transition with some of the Euro steps and the layup packages. I was, I've seen you know him play his entire career, but still seeing it all happen in one game is impressive. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, I think Justin might have said on the last episode, like there's a comparison point with Ronda Hollis Jefferson that I think yeah. one day he's got a bit more in control. And, but there were times tonight where it's just like, oh, it's about, you know, harnessing that energy. And yep. that energy can provide, you know, a, a pop to the team, a juice, whatever other adjective yep. you, you want to describe it. But uh, I guess we should just get into DeAndre Bermanit because 24 minutes for him tonight, six and eight from the field, hit a three as well. Yep. Hit, a, hit both of his three throws, rebounded the ball well, seven boards, had an assist, had two steals, plus 11, 15 points to him. Look, you're the number one DeAndre Bembry stand on this. I'll stand back and clear out and let you have your time, my guy. Yeah, no, I think it's funny that people wanted to keep Seku over this guy just because Bembry obviously is an NBA player. But one thing I really liked about him, not even talking about the offense or the stat line, very active defensively off ball. 
you know what I mean? Like gets his hands on a lot of deflections and just kind of plays. I think this is brought up by our guy, Matt Brooks, almost like a safety role comparing to like football, just able to kind of cover that open field. And guys might think they have the pass. Brembra gets a fingertip on it, might get the steal, lead to easy transition. And like you said, Jack, he's just a guy that provides that juice and that energy. And he's a good defender. You know what I mean? And that's something this team doesn't really have. And the three-point shooting is the biggest weakness of his. But it'll be interesting to see how that goes across the season. Yeah, it was like in that lineup that we discussed earlier in the second quarter, you know, when it was Carter and Embry and like back-to-back threes or something along that department, you know, I, I threw out a, a bit of a meme and it was, it was, I was shocked. But, you know, ultimately it was that energy and they built on the momentum that was built on by the starters and really carried the ascendancy once the, you know, James Harden came back in and Joe Harris came back in. You know, their energy and shot making, which is always going to be a question mark when you've got Javon Carter, Jondre Bembry, Bruce Brown and, and other guys out there on the floor uh, and, and, you know, James Johnson or whoever else. But if you can hit some shots and you can get some shots in transition, you know, turn defense into offense, it makes your life easier rather than having to, you know, create stuff in, in the half court and, yep. you know, just dump the ball to, to LaMarcus Aldridge in the post, which, you know, is uh, pretty goddamn good offense in saying that as well. But awesome performance from DeAndre Bembry. Um, I, I'm joining you in the Bembry hive, my, my <laughs> friend Nick. Uh, I, I'm all in on DB. DB, we, we, we should call it the, the Drooklyn buzz. Uh, and we'll be the, the DBs rather than the BBs, uh, but I don't want to offend no, my No, uh, it's funny you say DB because it makes a reference because the safety is a defensive back in football, so it just kind of works right there, you know, playing off ball. Jack doesn't even know, but he's making, you know, good comparisons out here. Um, so, I would yes. say this, too, about Bembray is just like I mentioned before, just the way he kind of gets downhill when he attacks, if he sees the opening in space, he's able to kind of slither past it in a way. You know what I mean? Like, he'll he's able to avoid some of the contact and get himself an opportunity to have a reasonable layup attempt in situations that aren't always great and kind of talk about what you're talking about jack sometimes when you put out these quote-unquote like bad offensive lineups if they play good enough defense it can create a couple transition opportunities it's sometimes just enough for them to have the confidence to get a good offensive shot in the half court or just keep them enough on the floor because that's what you're doing if you're steve nash in the situation you know harden and katie are both out you're not expecting to go up and have a bigger run but these guys were able to kind of turn up the energy and do that yeah, Brown, three steals. Carter, two steals. Bembry, as we mentioned, two steals as well. So th- those guys can give you something in their point of attack defense. You know, Bruce Brown continues to be a, a wonderful man-to-man defender with the really new interpretation. Good. Really physical in-, in that respect. But yeah, the reverse lineup that DeAndre Bembry tonight, I think, is probably one that might go un- un- unlooked or un- unappreciated. I thought that one, I was just like, man, like there was some craft and control on that. And it was just like similar to me to like Joe Harris's little trick and treat, you know, finish yeah. at, the, at the start of the game as well. So if the, the Nets have finished that, I think that a lot of them, the role players feed off the energy that's being provided by the rest of the team and they try and, you know, provide what they can, you know, in, in due course. You know, the, there's a lot of intangible elements to, to basketball. Well, at least that's the way I see it. It's not all just like, you know, analytics and, and X's and O stuff. Sometimes there's just things that happen and you see the ball, there's a there's a real mental aspect to it. And uh, DeAndre Bembry, great game from him. Uh, and I think he's really solidifying himself in the rotation, especially when you've got clacks out and when you've got uh, Paul Millsap out and you've got, you know, those guys out. It allows you to play some of those wings. And I think the Nets do look better uh, when it's a DeAndre Bembry out there rather than a Millsap or a Clax, uh, at least at this early point of the season. In the um, different situations, yeah. I think, like, instead of playing two bigs, they're more comfortable at this point kind of playing smaller still with some of those guys. And I think it's easier for smaller players sometimes to gel because even without a three-point shot, he has a better under- understanding of, like, where he needs to be spacing-wise. So 
Bembre, I'm. This is obviously like is a, a hypothetical scenario, but if Kyrie does come back, I I love to see a backcourt of those two, or just see them on the floor together because I just think there'll be some chemistry. Bembre mentioned when he signed, he's known Kyrie for a long time. So we're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Really like his performance and kind of adding to this rotation. But you mentioned LaMarcus Aldridge. I think let's talk about him. It seems like this guy doesn't miss shots. Like seriously, 16 points, set of eight from the field, two of two from the free throw line, three rebounds, one assist. And I think like the one shot he did miss was he was probably fouled on. So it's like, God, man, like this is incredible to watch. It was, I've got the Snoop Dogg meme of him saved saying, this Emma, this mother effer don't miss. Yeah. And I feel like I tweeted every game about LaMarcus Aldridge from the mid-range. And I'm just keeping on trying to find different ways and different memes and funny ways to describe how incredible of a mid-range shooter he's been. Yeah. Like, it's almost like he, he's gone to the version of Portland number one version of, of LaMarcus Aldridge where he was basically doing what he's doing right now. Yeah. And I think that... That's a real positive thing. And I saw, I think it was Locked On Nets put out the fact that, you know, is he a six-man-of-the-year contender? And I think that that's a fair point with the, you look at what you want out of six-man and it's just, you know, buckets, you know, money off the bench. And he's given us that in spades. Now, obviously, I think we both probably think that he should be starting just given his form and such. But, you know, his chemistry with Paddy Mills, we, we talk about at length. You know, we talked about James Harden a little bit earlier, developing that with him. Katie and him have a, a real connection. And, you know, in, in the last episode, or the one before that, I can't remember, um, saying how he wanted to get him that assist uh, to get into that 20K mark. Um, it was uh, really, really nice. And I'm just seeing all these good things. And uh, the Nets have found one, you know. And again, I, we'll probably keep mentioning this, like, in a similar way with, you know, Kevin Durant coming off the Achilles injury. Well, Alexis Aldridge was out of the NBA. He retired. His heart was was not up to it just because of, you know, just pure aspects of focusing on his well-being. And now he's just out there not just dominating against the Pistons, but dominating against the Sixers and dominating against, you know, teams that um, you wouldn't expect it to be. But it seems to me that the Nets have, have utilized his skill set. Um, and it seems to me that Steve Nash, whether it's warranted or not, is confident just having him as the offensive fulcrum in non-KD James Harden lineups. I'm not sure I'm the biggest fan of it, but it's working for him individually at the very least. Yeah, I think it can hold over against some of these lesser teams, and especially if it's a good matchup or the Nets do a little bit of off-ball work to kind of put him in a good position to get the shot, especially if he's feeling himself. And I like him coming off the bench for that reason. I think he gives you more of a true scoring punch than anyone other than like Patty Mills coming off the bench. You know what I mean? Like Blake's not really going to give you that. Millsap's not going to give you that. Clax is going to give you that. And a lot of the other guys don't have that. Cam Thomas isn't developed enough yet to be that guy. So LaMarcus off the bench has really just worked out well. And I think 
you know, you mentioned the six man thing. I remember hearing something in the offseason, a national media guy picked LaMarcus to be six man of the year. And I was like, you know what? That actually kind of makes sense. <laughs> like, cause he's going to get a lot of shots and a lot of points. And I mean, he's just shooting a ton of wide open mid range shots. Like you're going to surrender that shot. It's going to be hard to defend. And he's hitting the contested ones too. And that's kind of allowing him to get a lot of confidence or rhythm. And the Nets would probably, I don't want to say be in trouble because obviously they still have Kevin Durant and James Harden, but they'd be in trouble these early games, not having LaMarcus and that scoring punch he's providing them. It's just a really consistent source. And we've even seen in other games, maybe not as much tonight, but teams will occasionally double him in the post and that'll lead to an easy bucket for somebody else. He's he's an incredibly smart player, and, and yeah. I, I want to t- touch a little bit on his defense because I think he's providing really solid service on that end of the floor as yeah. well. Just really strong, using his skills, knowing you know we've we spoken about in previous episodes about like why they switch in with Lamarcus on the floor and all these different things, but he's just doing everything that needs to be done. And some of the matchups aren't you know amazing. You know, going up against an Isaiah Stewart and a Kelly Olynyk, you know, it's not the the craziest matchup in the world, but he's just doing all the right things. You know, just providing solid rebounding. Uh, he's been the Nets' best big this year, um, and that's you know despite the fact that we saw a three ball from Daron Sharp, <laughs> uh, but in, nonetheless, uh, Lamarcus Aldridge has been incredible. Uh, and it's just a great story, Nick, you know, going yep. beyond basketball. Just a really awesome thing to see because, you know, you don't want anyone to to be forced out of this game. You know, you want them to go out on their own terms. And, you know, unfinished business for LaMarcus Aldridge individually and for this team. Um, he could be a really big piece for the Nets going forward. And obviously, you know, what he provided in that little short spurt last year, it was basically what we're seeing right now, but uh, at an even greater extent, he's going to work his way into the season as well. Uh, and when, you know, the offense does bog down, you know, the, the in the half court, you, you, you get those mid-range shots. And when you've got the mid-range killer, um, in LaMarcus Aldridge and Kevin Durant, just dump the ball into them and let them do their thing. And you provide the spacing for them. Javon Carter starts to hit his three ball a little bit more like he did tonight. Joe Harris starts to do it. And then maybe Bruce Brown or, or someone else sort of chips in here and there. Obviously, you've got James Harden and, and, and Patty Mills. That's where it's just like in and out basketball. I've always been a fan of it. I've touched on it, but it's just awesome to see, Nick. I'm just really, really happy to see this, uh, not just for the team's sake, because he's, he's providing so much for the team. But for LA's sake, just to, for him to actually go out there and be able to produce to an extent that we know he can. Um, and he, he's, he's turning back the clock, my guy. Yeah, I mean, he's playing better than he did his last season in San Antonio. I mean, you can make an argument it's pretty close to the year before, too. And I think it's just kind of finding his role, the efficiency, like you said, defensively, really solid. He's not an elite player on that floor, but he'll do his job. Kind of similar to Joe Harris to an extent, but he has more tools, he has more size, and he's able to kind of utilize that. So really happy to have LaMarcus on this team and just kind of see him grow. One thing I'm interested with him is, you know, are we going to see him start to shoot more threes? You know, last year when he joined the team, he was shooting more threes. This year, we haven't really seen a ton. Like to see at least maybe one or two a game, then work that up throughout the season, because I think that's just another element that can unlock this team with the spacing, because then you're pulling out a big. And you can't afford to put, you know, a wing on LaMarcus because we saw tonight like he'll just body you in the paint and get to that hook shot so just something to kind of keep an eye on for the nets as the offense looks to develop and expand and kind of get to that next level just before we do finish with Lamarcus, I think it's a really good point because we do see him go out to the corner to you know space the floor a little bit and you know I think he's just taking what the the offense yeah. is giving him um, at this point in time and I I've got confidence that he can take those shots and a part of me is maybe more confident than him than Blake but you know we, we did see Blake he's uh, a smoother shot than Blake I don't even think yeah. that's like any hate to Blake and I mean Lamarcus shot pretty well last year in the short stint he was starting to develop it more in San Antonio so and he's just like that he's just a more skilled basketball player in terms of shooting touch like he that's one of his talents 
Yeah, when the Nets play four five out basketball, if you have you know Lamarcus Aldridge, you've got Joe Harris, James Harden, Patty Mills, and and, and maybe Javon Carter, or someone in a sort of five man line where it's just spacing for days. Uh, it allows James Harden to do his thing, allows Ken Durant to do his thing, and just creates angles and advantages. Um, I think that's a really good point, Nick. But who do we want to jump on now? Should we uh, jump on uh, maybe the angriest man in basketball right now? Maybe he yeah. should have been ejected the past two games uh, in, in the Slim Reaper. Yeah, someone stole his Halloween costume or something. I don't know. Kevin Durant was not happy, but did have 23 points, 10 of 13 from the field, 1 of 1 from 3, 2 of 3 from the free throw line, 1 rebound, 5 assists, 3 turnovers, 1 block. I mean, it was just a very easy game from Kevin Durant, but it felt like he hit like 100 shots from the elbow. Yeah, easy money sniper. Yeah, the, yeah. The, this was... Um, and, and funny enough, you, you mentioned sort of the Halloween costume thing. I think Katie on his Instagram posted on uh, the, the Nets trainers had James Harden costumes. I yeah. <laughs> thought that was really, really funny. And uh, man, If I was in uh, New York right now, I'd be at the Village. I'd probably get a beard going. And, and, and that's, a, that's a fun costume to do. Um, but to... And maybe I'll dress up as a Slim Reaper next year because the way that Kevin Rand's playing right now, Nick, is MVP-level basketball. Yep. He's played a little bit angrier than I thought. You know, he's normally quite... Does anyone really quite like Kelly Olenek, though? No, I absolutely hate him with the, with the passion. <laughs> I mean, that dude destroyed, you know, Kevin Love's shoulder. So, And it seems to me that I think something else is happening on the other side of the floor. And I mean, he's just look, an annoying player. He, <laughs> he, he is. And, and, and look, I'm... Um, to be somewhat objective, it was a warranted ejection, you know, it, and I, I was going back and forth with, with K-Wall on the last game and, and him saying sort of like, you know, by the letter of the law, KD probably should have been ejected, you know, in, in the Pacers matchup as well. But tonight, you know, there was no arguing with that. But on his game, Nick, you know, there was just shot after shot after shot and a lot of them contested as well. It was just like, oh, yeah, okay, I'll just take this shot. Oh, yeah, I'll just – and he only hit the one – the Nets aren't taking a lot of threes, it seems to me. They're just comfortable with the the mid-range ball. And I'm, I, I like seeing Kevin Rank get out in transition as well. You know, those buckets, you know, him dunking it, that uh, really just gives an energy to the team and, and a bit of momentum and deflates the opposition at the same time. In the arena. Uh, really, yeah, li- lifts the clays up, lifts the roof, uh, as James Harden was alluding to. I mean, continue to pass the ball well. I, I think that him and James Harden are just understanding their teammates and, and making the right decisions. You know, there was a pass last game to, to Paddy Mills that I was just you know, floored by. He got the double and then it kicks it out from the right side to the left side. And Paddy obviously hits the three. Um, he's, he's playing complete basketball. You know, that's what I put out on, on my timeline at uh, Jack Manuel, J-A-C-M-A-N-U-E-L-L. I just think that he's playing uh, absolutely awesome basketball. Um, and he's, he's rarely missing. And if he's missing, it's not his own accord. Yeah, I mean, he's playing at a superstar MVP level, and it's still without, like, really protruding into the offense, if that makes sense. He's just, like, a part of the team. There's Obviously, sometimes I think we'd wish he'd be a little bit more aggressive, but in a matchup like this, I thought this was fine. And just kind of find the rhythm and the element where he's very comfortable. And I think, like you said, passing, the chemistry with him and James Harden is fun to watch. There's just some possessions where you see them, like, look at each other before the possession starts, and they're like, okay, we're going to get you a bucket, or I'm going to get myself a bucket here. We're going to play off each other and just, like, be best friends. And it's just kind of awesome to see so uh just it's a real pleasure to watch katie i'd say you know it probably was warranted just given how the nba's called it but it felt like a little bit of kelly olenic flopping it like just like oh i got contact to the face i'm gonna really sell it like something blake griffin would probably do as well so it's annoying but at the end of the day it didn't really matter towards the game yeah i mean i'm i shouldn't hate on long-haired white dudes being (laughs) one myself (laughs) um but 
Look, it's um, I don't want to besmirch Kelly O'Lenning. I don't want to get any Detroit Pistons fans in my mentions, but yeah, I've never been a fan of his. He just seems to do the uh, little things here and there that I'm not a fan of. And look, uh, Kevin Durant, just uh, just chill out, my guy. You know, we're, we're winning some games, um, but sometimes you know you you're on the edge of the precipice and the aggression takes over. But yeah, maybe this is just him making an impact on the game and, and just showing a level of of aggression um, that we probably haven't... We didn't see all of from KD last year. He just seemed to be in super chill mode. I um, mean, he, he's a bit more angry, and sometimes you can harness that into into positive ways. So hopefully uh, we see the best version of an aggressive Kevin Durant uh, in a really tough matchup against the Hawks in, in the coming days. Yeah, I think some of it's just built up frustration from the refs. Like, we're still seeing calls not being called and him having long discussions with the guys on the sideline. So just something to keep an eye on. And like you said, it worked out. Katie got some extra rest for tonight, still played a great game. But moving on to Blake Griffin, you know, Blake had some nice juice to start this one. Eight points, three of four from the field, one of two from three, one of two from the free throw line, five rebounds, two assists, two turnovers. You know, I thought this was probably one of Blake's better games of the season so far, just because he's playing his former team and he was able to find the right balance of, like, physicality and not getting called for fouls. You know what I mean? Almost playing into some of the new rules a little bit in this one. Yeah, and obviously he's going to continue to take charges. You know, he's just super good and aware when it comes to those plays uh, on opposing teams. You know, got in the post a little bit, fought, you know, blocked Josh Jackson. That was a really nice play. You know, got his little hook shot going. And that three ball, I could tell it was going in as soon as he took it in. I I don't know... You're probably the same. We watch Blake Griffin and his time in Brooklyn every single game, every single minute of it. There's just you just see the fluidity in the, his mechanics. And I saw obviously he had a couple of other shots, you know, down low and, and getting some some boards here and there. I, I think that's where it needs to start. He needs to hit a bucket somewhere else and let, get that confidence to go, not overthink his mechanics because it seems like he's shooting the ball on the way down too much rather than at the total highest point. And he still does that. He still did that tonight. But it just seemed to me the rhythm of that three that he did hit tonight was as good as it been all season. Uh, look, he was like 8% or something for, for the year when I put out the, the tweet a couple of days ago. But to me, you know, if he can get back to at least a, a 33 34%-ish level um, and let his inside-outside game work it out, uh, then... You know, look, he's just going to be a glue guy and a connector and hopefully provide some physicality for the team. But, yeah, tonight uh, against his old team, he's always going to have a little bit of extra, a little bit extra pop, a little bit extra juice. But good matchup, probably best game and best performance uh, for Blake Griffin so far. Yeah, I think that's a great point, Jack. When your three-point shot's not falling, get some free throws, get some layups, get some buckets that are just kind of easy. Love to see him get maybe a few more dunks or something throughout you know, the next couple weeks. But like you said, on that three-point shot, you felt good because just the ball movement and the flow of the offense almost kind of continued to Blake. And that's something you hear a lot in basketball. Like when the team is out of rhythm, so is everybody. You know what I mean? So are all the shooters. And it's hard to really produce at a high level. And kind of talking about shooters, you know, Joe Harris, I thought, had a really nice game. I want to tonight. touch on oh. two, just two quick things with Blake Griffin, Nick, before we get to Joe Harris. The little, like, spinning baseline jumper yeah. I thought was really fun. And seeing it in slow motion was really good. Um, and I believe he was one of, I think that Brian Rucco pointed this out, one of 16 uh, from three uh, before he did hit that one. So that's like 6 or 7%. So good to see. Hopefully it gives him a little bit of confidence in taking it, um, as well as just impacting the game uh, in, in more in, in a lot of different ways. Agreed. I think that's just kind of another element. And we've seen teams really get lax on Blake Griffin in terms of 
containing him at the three-point line. Like, they don't really care. If he can get that those numbers up, it just, uh, similar to LaMarcus Aldridge shooting threes, just adds another element to the team. and just makes life a little bit easier for James Harden and Kevin Durant and even the other shooters and offensive players on the squad. Definitely. Joey Buckets? Joey Buckets, I thought this was a really nice game from him. You know, 12 points, 5 and 9 from the field, 2 of 4 from 3, 4 rebounds, 1 assist, 2 turnovers. Um, but we saw two mid-range jumpers in here, and that's something you and I talked about a lot. Um, just love to see Joe add that because now if you're getting pushed off the three-point line, that's a shot you feel comfortable with. You can hit at a high clip. Now they have to think twice. You know, obviously you're always willing to give up a two before you're giving up a three, but it just puts something else in the defender's mind. Yeah, when he's around that elbow area, that's where I'm like, okay, you're confident here. Take that. You know, you don't need to drive the whole way and get blocked and, and, and create a transition opportunity for the other team. Look, that and, and that finish at the start of the game was just like, yeah. my God, Joe, um, where's that been all season? And, and look, he did have uh, a couple of other ones where it's just like he just drove straight into the defense and didn't show that level of dexterity and craftiness, but... It was a, a more complete three-level performance, as we sort of talked about, Nick. You know, that finish around the rim was just like, look, 19-20, early versions of 19-20, yeah. Joe, maybe even 18-19, Joe. You know, obviously, you know, hit a couple of threes, uh, as was important, and, you know, he's obviously going to take those. That's not something that I'm totally worried about when it comes to, to Joe Harris. You know, he's always going to have the three ball. And if he's missing them, it's just a, a confidence thing. And, you know, he's missing shots. It's not, you know, the defense doing anything. It's about, you know, what he's finishing is like around the rim. Is he taking uh, the, the middies and, and such? Uh, just do what the offense is giving you. And he just seemed to be a bit more in control tonight. Yeah, and I think when he's in more con- in control, it allows kind of Katie and Harden to play off him sometimes. We see them run the pick and pop a lot with those guys, and now the defense has to think twice. Maybe Joe's going to get an open look or generate something for the offense, and I think that's important because with Kyrie out, we've talked about this a ton already, he's a crucial piece of this team, and we need him to play well for the offense to play well. So uh, having Joe Harris kind of starting to find his rhythm, I think, will be pretty big, and hopefully it continues against Atlanta. Yeah, big time. Bruce Brown, we kind of mentioned him a little bit before. Not necessarily a crazy offensive game. Two points, one of four from the field, 0-1 from three, but four rebounds, two assists, three steals, and plus 23. You kind of mentioned it, Jack. Defensively, he was locked in. A lot of deflections, forcing a lot of bad shots from the Pistons. So credit to Bruce from just being very good on the defensive end. Yeah, he's probably the next best defensive player this year. You know, probably Kevin Durant last year, I would say. Um, but the way that Bruce has just been honing in on assignments and just making life help, you know, for, for opposing uh, um, of, of offensive players um, has been... That's why I think that, you know, when it comes to the role players, you know, whether it's Bembry, whether it's Carter, I think Carter probably needs that three ball to fall a little bit more for him to impact. But if it's Bembry or Brown, sometimes Johnson, you go, okay, what did we actually see beyond the box score? And what we saw from Bruce Brown beyond the box score was awesome defense, you know, continuing to, to screen and roll really, really well. Uh, and, you know, the shot doesn't have to fall for him to be an impactful player. Um, I always love what Bruce Brown, uh, BB and DB, love having those guys on this team. Yeah, just bring a ton of energy and gives you some of those extra plays that a team like this doesn't necessarily always get with the star talent. They're the guys that are going to die for the loose ball and give you that possession and try to make things happen. But moving to your guy, Patty Mills, Jack, seven points, three or seven from the field, one or two from three, uh, two assists in this one. What do you think of Patty tonight? What I love, Nick, was we got a, a version of like a, what was he putting on his work boots yep. and, and stuff? That was awesome. I'm going to have to start doing that when pickup ball you know starts happening uh, down here in Melbourne. But Paddy, Paddy is the perfect role player at the guard position because he does 
all the things that you want on the floor. He gets out in transition. He can hit a three ball. He can dribble the basketball. He can make decisions off in the pick and roll. He can get open shots for himself and teammates. Uh, he's a feisty and pesky defender. Um, and that's what you want from him. That's what you get from him. You know, he's... And I, it was nice to see the three ball hit after. I'm not necessarily seeing that in the last game, but didn't necessarily force anything, you know. And and that's something that Paddy Mills just does a really good job of, and he, and he showed that again tonight. Just reading the floor, reading the play. What is the defense giving me? What do I need to do on the opposing side of the floor? Um, and he's a tone setter, you know. Yep. His energy, you know, those bench guys. We talked about DeAndre Bembry with his defense, his athleticism. Paddy Mills with his general demeanor and leadership, you know, is going to be invaluable for this team. Uh, throughout the the whole season, um, and it was good to see him continue to impact his team uh, in a variety of ways. Paddy, yeah. Paddy, I think that's where it is, Jack. It's like I think some fans obviously watch a couple games. You're like, oh, we're going to need Paddy Mills to score these points, but no, he's he's having impacts in other areas defensively. He's super active, and the reason that he fits well with that weird lineup of like Bembray and Brown is because he's just as active defensively. He just doesn't have the same tools those guys have. He's not as big, but he's quicker and he's able to rotate and get into some of those spots. So, and Patty Mills is just a really good team player. Like he's a nice complimentary player to the team. He's not a guy that's going to just be a superstar or anything like that, but he's going to be able to just fill in so many different roles and help you in little areas and just make some of those, those hustle plays. And I think his speed really sticks out. Yeah. He's super quick and he just, He's super quick, obviously, athletically, but and obviously, despite the fact that he's in his mid-30s, but he's also just really quick with his decision-making. He just knows yeah. he's he's instinctual, uh, and, he, and he just doesn't doubt himself. He has that confidence, and, you know, that's what a lot of basketball is, just being able to go, okay, what do I need to do here? Drop it off to, to LMA in the post, um, you know, kick it out to him or drive to the basket. Um, he's just... Uh, a joy to watch, and I just I love having Patty on this team. Um, and it's it's it was good to see him not be relied upon uh, as to, as much to a greater extent, and have those other role players chip in. Yeah, I like to see the Nets occasionally, especially if they're going to play some of these non Hardner, non KD lineups. Occasionally, just run some sets to get Patty a good look. You know what I mean? Just kind of set him up to make his life a little bit easier, but. Moving on, Javon Carter, you know, eight points, three of five from the field, two of four from three, uh, one rebound, two assists, two steals. You know, solid game for Carter. You want to see him knock down the three ball. That's really what he needs to do if he wants to get on the court because defensively he plays with great activity, uh, tenacity, but offensively he has to provide something. And the best thing that he could really provide is that three ball because him in the pick and roll or him getting to the rim, it's just in a non-mean way, it's just a whole bunch of nothing. Yeah, it's uh, it's reductive to say, but it's also true. It's also yeah. you know, he just needs to hit that three ball, and to see that ball go through the basket hopefully gives him a bit of confidence because I think shooting you know from the perimeter a lot of it is confidence you know yeah. and when you're uh, and, and I think just being a role player in general is just confidence and it, he needs to be out there when there's at least one other ball handler because I don't want to see him you know take uh, mid-range shots or make decisions in the pick and roll let Paddy do that and you know he was out there a lot of the time with Paddy Mills or with James Harden uh, and it allows him to be a bit more impactful and again the three ball falling um, that is what's going to turn him from being you know a guy, a guy that's just going to be a, a one-sided player to a guy that can genuinely impact both sides of the floor don't care how many assists he got and yeah he got two tonight um, it's going to be about you. You know you're going to get the defense out of him because it's it's a, it's a given. He's going to hound guys 94 feet. Um, he's going to be really really strong uh, and be a, a really great guard defender. But if that three ball drops, then JC is going to give something to this team um, that I think just is is sorely needed because you know the three point hasn't been falling that as well as 
uh, in general for the team. But if he can hit it, it'll, it'll just opens up the floor for so many players, including himself and including the superstars. Yeah, he gives you a player that you can count and give you a type of two-way impact that complements other guys on the team. And I think, you know, if he can just knock it down and just give Steve Nash another asset and another guy that he wants to lean on in certain situations. But it's a big if because obviously he has not been very good from three at all this year to start. This was a game that hopefully he can build on. But another guy we saw for a decent chunk of minutes tonight was James Johnson. Three points, one of two from the field, one of two from the free throw line, four rebounds, one assist. Solid game from Johnson because the one one field goal he did have was a poster dunk. My guy caught a body. He was yeah. out. He was he was trying to kill fools on Halloween. I don't know. Yeah. Day of the Dead is that was a couple of days ago, I think it was. But Day of the Dead for Isaiah Stewart. I can't remember who it was or Luca Gaza. Um, you know, don't jump against James Johnson because that was turning back the clock. That was Jeff Green style. I didn't know he still had that in him. Um, but the the hops was great. And, yeah, I think that that's really all we can sort of analyze here. I think he. He's, he was an ancillary role tonight. You know, hopefully get some reps, get a bit of conditioning, rebound the ball well. Um, and, and other than that, you know, um, don't know if uh, I think don't think Mr. Burns would be happy with those sideburns for all my Simpsons fans out there. I think I've also defensively looked a little bit quicker tonight, starting to find that conditioning. And also, he's in a situation with Millsap out for personal reasons. I believe he just had a child, and then Nick Claxton dealing with the sickness. James Johnson is going to have an opportunity to get minutes in these games. I don't know how big of minutes, but it's definitely going to be someone where it's like, okay, if we want to go small, you know, Johnson's a guy we can consider playing. And I think this was a building block towards him possibly having a role in certain situations. No, definitely. And I think that we spoke about it, how, you know, playing, you know, just one of Blake or one of LaMarcus out there, you could just tell that it just, the, the spacing was just much greater for the team overall. So um, if James Johnson can hit a three ball every now and then to an extent that is like DeAndre Bembry or Bruce Brown, that's a luxury as well. But yeah, he's probably going to have a greater role. And congratulations to, to Paul Millsap. Um, take all the time you need, my guy, on the paternity leave. Um, it'll be interesting to see how the rotation does play out in his absence and, and Claxton, who uh, should be back in a week or two, is what we heard from Steve Nash. Um, hopefully he gets himself right as well. But it allows Steve Nash to be... I guess not as experimental <laughs> because yeah. he doesn't have the, the extra bodies to, to have to throw out there. Um, and it allows, you know, uh, the opportunity for Bembry, for Johnson to impact the team and earn some rotation minutes. And I think Bembry has done that. Uh, we'll see if James Johnson can going forward uh, as well. It shows Steve Nash what he has on the roster too. You know what I mean? That's the point of experiment to see what you have, but you're playing these guys at kind of larger chunks. And also credit to Sean Marks because – in this situation, if they weren't able to get Aldridge and you know Millsap, now they're looking at a situation where they don't have really bigs to play or they're forced to play small and not match what they have. Or maybe it's DeAndre Jordan still on this team playing or something like that. So you know, credit to just utilizing the depth early in the season, and that's just something you do in the offseason. But, Jack, we did get to see Cam Thomas and De'Ron Sharp for about six minutes each. Um, we saw Sharp hit a three, and that was awesome. You saw the bench was kind of lit. Uh, even Steve Nash was clapping. I love that shit, Nick. I loved it as well. I was as hype as James Harden was. Um, and I was even more hyped when we saw a Cam Thomas, Daron Sharp pick and roll. Yeah. Dear Lord, I could see that for Great 10, 15 years. Cam. Awesome pass from Cam. And, you know, there was there were all the doubts about him. He's just a gunner. He's just going to take shots. He doesn't make good decisions. Hey, watch my guy, Killer Cam. He's probably learned a little bit from his idol, James Harden, about some of that passing right there. 
Um, it was awesome to see, and this is what the luxury of you know blowing some teams out uh, gives you. You know, get these guys some reps. They've been back and forth with Long Island, um, but you know to get the NBA reps. You know, Darren Sharp is just he looks. We've said this a million times, and you especially, Nick. He just looks massive out there. He's a, he's an absolute man. Um, and you know, Cam Thomas, uh, you know, might not be hitting this the scores um, the score sheet just yet, but to to see that dime, boy oh boy, that uh, that left me feeling all type of ways. Yeah, and I mean, it's funny that Cam Thomas only took one shot in five minutes and 49 seconds. Like, you would think he would take more shots, but kind of letting it come to him, and we'll see what happens. Hopefully, we get a lot more of these games and allows Cam and Daron Sharp to develop into possibly even having a role with his team because they always say at the end of games, even in garbage time, you're trying to show what you can do to the coach. And sometimes it doesn't always work, but in certain situations, it might be like, you know, he did play well. Maybe it's a time for him to get an opportunity, especially if, you know, there's another injury or something happens where you're resting guys. We shall wait and see. I also want to give a shout out to Kevin Durant for his 14th anniversary as an NBA player. Yeah, I saw it last night, my time. Um, so the morning, your time, people sort of dropping certain things. So I found a video of him uh, in a Sonics uniform, putting up some buckets against the Denver Nuggets. It was just awesome to see. And it's just like, man, this guy's been around for 14 years and he's still one of the best, if not the best player in the NBA. Um, and he came right in and was just like, you know what, I'm going to get buckets. And he's still getting buckets. Um, like it's no one else's business. So happy 14th anniversary to our guy, the Slim Reaper. Yeah, I believe it happened on Halloween as well. That's what they mentioned on the broadcast. So that's pretty cool stuff. So 14th anniversary. We, I mean, Kevin Durant's just one of the most enjoyable basketball players to watch. Just like just constantly hitting shots. And like we mentioned tonight from the elbow, it was just lethal. Like he didn't really respect any defender on the Pistons. It was like, hey, I get the ball here. I'm shooting this shot and it's going to probably go in. So, but Jack, anything else you want to touch on before we get out of here? Look, we got some some big news, Nick. We got some very very big news, and um, I'm as hyped as you know, Dayron Sharp was after hitting that three ball about this news. Yes, we do have some big news, and if you want the link for this news, you'll check out Jack's Twitter in the morning, and that news is that we are dropping merch. We got some new Brooklyn Buzz stuff, t-shirts, hoodies, and more. Really excited about this, and there's going to be a little giveaway, so make sure you check out Jack's Twitter in the morning, or when you're listening to this, maybe it might be the same day. Very excited and just super happy to for all the support you guys have given us so far, and we're just looking forward to what it could even turn into. Absolutely, you know, to to rep the Brooklyn Buzz brand finally. Obviously, we had some old tees back in the day when we first kicked things off, but you know, shout out to our designer. I'll be sure to shout her out in the in the tweet as well. She did a great job of um, designing the text that is going with this, and it's it's going to be fire, guys. So make sure. Follow me at Jack Manuel, J-A-C-M-A-N-U-E-L-L. I'll be tagging my guy, Nick Fain. And if you follow Retweet, uh, you might be in the chance to win one of those bad boys. We'll be dropping the T-shirts first, so you can grab one of them. But there is merch plenty. If it's a mug, if it's stickers, if it's key rings, all of it's there at T Public. So we'll drop that link in the AM. Uh, so keep an eye on my feed from about 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And for all the Aussie listeners out there, it'll be about 11 p.m. Uh, in Eastern Standard Time for all the Aussies. Yeah, really excited again, like you said, Jack, just to rep the buzz on a T-shirt. This is, you know, the first T-shirt we've had in a while, and we're really looking forward to doing more stuff like that. But always a pleasure, and big thanks, everybody, for listening. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. 
Granger for the ones who get it done.